Would you please turn to Colossians uh, chapter 3? Colossians chapter 3. If you want to follow along in the Pew Bibles provided for you, it's going to be found on page 834. Page 834. I'm going to read um, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 15 um, to 19, uh, just for a little bit of, of context. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, what God says about marriage today, but we want to make sure that we um, speak in ta- context. As we mentioned last week, context is king when you read the Scriptures. So Colossians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And do whatever, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we want to honor you with our lives. We want to, uh, whatever we do, Lord, whether in word or in deed, we want to do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Lord, we need you this morning. Uh, As so often, we do not come here only to hear another sermon, but God, we come to hear a word from you. God, in this word um, is the hope of eternal life uh, in, through faith in Christ Jesus, that we can have salvation from death and hell and have life in Christ forever in eternity. God, I pray that you will work that in this congregation, God, that you will continue to bring that which is dead alive. God, we pray just for our hearts this morning, God, we pray that you will speak um, grace Lord, I, I can only imagine the wounds um, that marriage can bring up to people here, uh, whether that's through family or children or their own, um, the pain and hurt. God, I pray that you will just use your word uh, not to um, make people feel guilty or burdened, but God, I pray that you use your word to give them hope, hope in the gospel, hope in the truth that you have given. Uh, so God, I pray uh, for my words. I pray that my words will be, um, will be sweet to your people. But God, I pray that I will continue just to hide myself behind the cross. And as I speak, I will be speaking the very words of God uh, to your people at a time such as this. So God, we pray for your grace. We pray for your spirit. Send it upon us now. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Uh, Well, marriage really is one of the most hotly debated topics of our day. Um, it's hard to go through one day uh, without seeing an article or a news program about something that has to do with marriage, whether it be a divorce statistics, um, cohabitation, uh, or the issue of our day that has come to dominate the news media, uh, the same-sex marriage. You know, we are often more concerned um, who should be allowed to be married rather than how we should act in marriage. Uh, now, just to be clear, we're not going to be talking about same-sex marriage this morning, but the Bible is very clear uh, that marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, you could see that clearly in our text this morning. Um, but I think one of the reasons why same-sex marriage and cohabitation has become uh, such a, a hotly debated issue 
in, in our culture uh, is the lack of, of godly marriages. Uh, so many people do not know, don't have a picture of what it means to be in a godly marriage. They've never seen it. Uh, but marriage is the foundation of all society. Uh, after God created the world and man in his own image, uh, he said this, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God caused Adam to go into a deep sleep, took one of his ribs and made a woman and brought her to Adam. And Adam responded with poetry. The first time a man met a woman, it was words of poetry. I think that's interesting. This is now the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. God built society around marriage and the family. But uh, we have become so ingrained in debating who should be married, we lost sight of how should we actually act in marriage. Uh, I believe that um, if we trusted God and obeyed His word about marriage, the issue of same-sex marriage, the issue of cohabitation and divorce would be a lot less strong because there'd be so many pictures of godly marriages in our culture. The world's argument would have no weight because of the examples of what God has done in marriages. Now, I know that when you talk about marriage, marriage um, often brings up a lot of very raw emotions uh, because the people that you, uh, the things that people are closest to us can often bring us the most joy, but it can also bring us the most pain. Uh, so there's some of you here today who've uh, had wonderful godly marriages and your spouse has, has gone to be with the Lord. Um, can I just encourage you today to think about your marriage, reflect on it, reflect on how the good gift that God gave you in that marriage and use that to encourage others uh, in the church. Uh, some of you have um, struggled and had marriages that were very difficult, um, that have produced a lot of pain, um, and a lot of hurt. Can I just encourage you, um, when you think about marriage today, learn what, how you handled marriage and how God comforted you in the midst of your pain, so then therefore you can use that comfort that God has given you to comfort one another. Because what, you do not want the same pain that has happened to you to happen uh, to others. Uh, and I know that when you talk about these kind of things, and it, it, it feels, it brings up those emotions that are uncomfortable. Uh, for many of us here. Um, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am fully committed to teaching the whole counsel of God's Word. So there, I know that I'm going to be preaching things that are going to be sticky and uncomfortable for many people. But God has commanded me to preach His Word. So regardless of how we feel about certain issues, we have to look at what the Bible says and trust it. We cannot avoid God's truth because of how it makes us feel. So this morning, we're going to look at how we can let Jesus be supreme in our marriages. We continue, we're continuing to work through the letter uh, to the church at Colossae. Uh, this letter is known for having a very high view of Jesus Christ. As we talked about last week in terms of how we want to have Jesus being supreme in our church, uh, we go back to Colossians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, that Jesus is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the, from among the dead. So that in everything, Jesus might have the supremacy. So we've kind of finished the theological argument stage, and now we're getting into the very practical 
day-to-day living of life. So Paul goes into a, 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 how do you let Jesus be supreme in your marriage, and in your parenting, and in your, in your jobs, the things that are common in everyday life. So uh, this morning, we're going to look at two truths, very simply from the text. You could probably get them yourself. You're like, we, we pay you to do this? Well, the, the right here in the text, I didn't have to do much to get them today. So how can we let Jesus be supreme in our marriages? We let Jesus be supreme when wives submit to husbands, when wives submit to your husbands, and when husbands love their wives. Now, although it's very clear what God is calling us to do, it takes something supernatural to actually make it happen. Because remember, Paul is speaking to Christians, and those who have been born again have the Spirit of God in them. So now, if I gave this message at Winthrop University, I would probably get apples or tomatoes thrown at me. This is not a common um, teaching in our day. Our culture has hijacked love and marriage to make you believe falsely about what God has commanded. But we are the people of God. We have been born again by His Spirit. So we must live in light of that truth. So, first truth this morning. Wives, submit to your husbands. Wives, to make Jesus supreme in your marriage, you must submit to your husbands. We see it right there in verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. It is very straightforward. The idea that wives should submit to their husbands is not only found here, but it's found throughout the New Testament. Let me just give you a sampling of verses so you don't think this is the only place it is. Ephesians 5.22, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 6. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your own husbands, so that if any of you, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give in to fear. Titus chapter 2, verse 3 and following. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good that they may train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. So, submission is a very biblical theme given to wives. We can't excuse it or say it was some archaic only happened in that century because it's all over the scriptures. So before we get into what submission is, let's look at what submission is not. Okay? Um, first, submission does not mean inferiority. Right? Now, we normally when we hear the word submission, we, we, we feel that's a bad word. But submission does not mean inferior. Men and women are both equal in worth, but different in roles. Now, we see this in the Lord Jesus. Jesus was completely God, 
as we, as we just studied earlier in Colossians 2.9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Jesus was fully God. He was divine. Yet he chose to submit to the Father. John 5.30, Jesus said, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus submitted to God the Father, and Jesus was equal with God. Submission does not mean that someone is inferior. Without submission, we cannot understand how God has revealed himself in the Trinity. So wives, when God calls you to submit, he understands. Because God himself has submitted in the Son to the Father. Do not allow yourself to think that submission is a bad word. It's not. Because secondly, it's not only a concept for women, but it's a concept for all believers. All believers are called to submit. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 1 Peter 5.5, young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submission is very common among believers. So we see that God calls wives to submit to their own husbands. We see that God calls all believers to submit in one way or another. And Jesus himself has submitted. The third thing that submission is not, submission does not mean the wife becomes a slave, a doormat, or a wallflower. A close study of the ideal wife in Proverbs 31 shows a woman that speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction. She's a woman who works diligently with her hands and is clothed with strength and dignity. The godly wife is not a slave, a doormat, or a wallflower, but she is intelligent, diligent, expresses, and uses her gifts for the glory of God. Now, so often we hear words like our culture wants you to hear them, but don't do that. Right? Because we are the people of God. We need to do what is proper. So, what is submission? So, that's what submission is not. What is submission? I think that one way of saying it, submission is voluntarily yielding in love. Voluntarily yielding in love. It's voluntary. Submission comes from the wife. Never from the husband to the wife. A husband never subjugates his wife. Never. He, makes, he never makes his wife submit. Submission is voluntarily given with love. The Bible does not allow for any abuse of the wife. And, and people in our day will say that um, submission opens the door for all sorts of abuse from the husband to the wife. The Bible will have none of it. The calling that God has given men oftentimes is much greater. And the kind of love that God has called men to express, which we'll get here in a moment, will, will not allow for abuse. Period. Wives freely submit to their husbands out of reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ. So, We also must note that a wife is not called to submit to all men, but to her husband. As one scholar says, Paul does not ask every woman to submit to every man, 
but rather she asks wives to submit to their own husbands. Paul is insisting that every relation is not insisting that every relationship between a woman and a man is one of submission and headship, but that where leadership is an ingredient of the situation, as in marriage, a woman should submit to that leadership, the headship of the man. It says in Ephesians 5:24, "Now the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything." The Bible says you should submit in everything. So, wives, your husband's flawed character is not a reason for you not to submit to your husband. Marriage is between two sinners. And wives, can I tell you something that you already probably know? Your husband is a sinner. (laughs) He's not perfect. Yet God has given you him. Now remember, the the call to submit does not come from the husband. It comes from the infinitely wise, sovereign creator of the universe. You've got to trust God's word. This is how God has set up the Christian family. There is much I could say about submission. There have been books upon books upon books written about submission, right? But it's hard for a a, a man to speak that to you, right, ladies? Uh, I would encourage you to look out to some older ladies and, 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 and talk about these kind of things, read books together, and figure out how you can fulfill this command from the Lord. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not about how, it's about will you. Submission is a spiritual matter. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And we see the Lord commands his wives to submit because this is the proper order in relationship. Look what it says at the end of verse 18. As is fitting in the Lord. This phrase is referring to what is proper in the Christian marriage. This is the outworking of the implication. If you have Jesus Christ as your Lord, this should be proper. I should not have to convince you to fulfill this command because it's proper for Christians. Now, that doesn't mean that you follow your husband into sin. Because as we find in in, in, uh, Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than men. So we don't follow our husbands into sin, but it doesn't doesn't mean that we don't submit to our husbands. Sometimes we, 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 we take one command and we open it up, right? And we drive a semi through that in terms of what I can do uh, the Lord will allow me. So what does submission look like, ladies? A wife must respect and honor her husband with her words and her character. A wife should never speak against her husband, but build him up in the eyes of others. A wife, a wife must bring concerns, advise, corrections in a loving and gracious manner with gentleness. You should regularly pray for your husbands because we're sinners and we need help. We need help to lead and to lead well. And if we just look at the verses we we talked about above last week, if you want to do this, if you want to fulfill this command, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now remember, this this is a command from God. It takes the Holy Spirit to fulfill it. So ladies, examine your relationship with your husband. Are you honoring God in your submission to your husband? 
And if you're not, confess to God and confess to your husband your sin. Trust in the cleansing blood of Christ. First uh, John chapter 2 says this, it says, I write to you that you may not sin, but if any of you do sin, we have one standing before the Father on our behalf, Jesus Christ the righteous. Take the forgiveness that Christ offers, but we still must obey the Lord. It is not common in our day to believe, but there is more at stake than just having a good marriage. We want Jesus to be supreme in our marriages so that his name will be great. We'll think about more on that in a moment. Secondly, husbands. If we want to let Jesus be supreme in our marriages, husbands love their wives. Husbands must love their wives. It's very simple. Now, in our culture, love has been hijacked by our popular movie cultures and TV, right? We think of love as an emotion, right? So we'll, we'll hear people say, I am in love. Some people are actually even changing their wedding vows to say, as long as our love shall last, because that love is an emotion. That's what our culture says. That's what it puts on the, the movie screen. It puts on the TV screen. But love is not an emotion, Love is an action. It is a verb. The famous passage of love, probably read at all weddings here, maybe. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verses 4 through 7. Listen to how God describes love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, in the original language, those adjectives are are, are, uh, written as participles, meaning that it's an action, right? It's not a, um, you know, it's not an adjective. It it, it is an action. So, um, love is not about a feeling. It's about doing. Husbands, you need to love your wife in action. So how do you do this? You must be patient. You must be kind. You must be not envious or boastful or proud. A husband must never be rude to his wife or self-seeking or, not, or easily angered. A husband must keep no record of wrongs. He must always protect, always trust, and always persevere. God defines love as an action. Do not listen to our culture and what our culture says love is. The idea that love is a feeling is a lie. And it's satanic. It comes from the evil one. Love is an action. Because we know that. Because God has demonstrated his love for us. In an action. In his living and his dying for us as sinners. So I think the greatest challenge for husbands is, is, the, the, is how the example that God gives in, in terms of how we should love our wives. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church 
and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Husbands are to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Jesus gave up his life for the church. Therefore, husbands, we must do the same for our wives. Simply put, you can never love your wife too much. You have never arrived because you have never loved your wife as much as Christ has loved his church. But just like wives are called to submit to their own husbands, husbands, we are commanded to love our own wives. Now, this is very important. Now, I'm a young man, and I have much, much, much to learn about marriage. Uh, You guys who have been married, some of you longer than I have been alive, right? So I have much, much to learn about marriage. But one of the things I, I discovered early in my marriage is that my wife wasn't just a woman. She was Ellen, a woman. I have to love my wife specifically. So in order for me to love my wife, I have to study her. I have to know her. I have to know her joys. I have to know her temperament. I have to know when she feels sad and when she feels happy. What are the things that cause that? That's how, so I can love her better. For example, this earlier this week, Monday and Tuesday, we had, we had a lot of rain. Rain comes clouds. Those days are usually tougher for my wife. She struggles emotionally when, when days are, she's a little bit more melancholy when, when it's raining. So how do I love her in those days? Those days I may come home a little early and take my kids off of her hands. I may come home bringing Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right? Because that's my, I know my wife is having a particularly tough day, so I know her, I want to love her well, I, I, I do it um, for her. Husbands, you need to uniquely love your wife because God uniquely made her. God has not just given us any woman. He's given us our wives. And he who finds a wife finds what is good. So Paul says here in the text, not only that we should love our wives, we should not be harsh with them. God cares how we treat our wives. But notice this before we go there, is that even in how we love our wives, sometimes our wives can be sinners too, right? One of the greatest challenges of all marriages is that you bring two sinners together and you're called to live and love each other. Well, that's hard, right? As The more submissive a wife is, sometimes it's easier for a husband to love. But the same thing for a husband. The more loving we are, it's easier for our wives to submit. But sometimes it doesn't work out, does it? Sometimes our wives said things that hurt us. Sometimes we feel rejected. We feel hurt and betrayed. But that doesn't mean that you cannot love your wife. Because the definition of love is given to us by God. And how did God love? God loved us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. So we don't force our wives to submit. We lay down our lives. We, I mean, look, look what Paul says here earlier in, a, in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 12. As God's holy people, chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Now he's speaking to the church as a whole. 
This is how we should love each other as, as a church. But even more so, if that's how we're called to love a, our, our neighbor in the church, how are we called to love our own wives? You're called to bear with your wives. You're called to forgive your wife whatever grievance you have against her. The Lord has forgiven you. You must forgive your wife. Husbands, we need to love our wives. And Paul says not only do we need to love our wives, we, not, we can't be harsh with them. This is the thing that always amazes me. Men can be the nicest people in the world at work. Right? We could be the nicest guy in the world with our friends. But man, some men can be very cold and very hurtful in their words they speak to their wives at home. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting why that is. I think that our wives are, are, are usually good women and they don't speak bad about us, so we take advantage of those situations. But I think one of the reasons why we um, speak harshly to our wives is that our wives don't have a proper place in our lives. We don't value them the way they need to be valued. I mean, imagine this. Imagine you had a 1967 um, Chevy Corvette convertible, right? $300,000, right? This car is beautiful, right? You're going to take care of that car, aren't you? You're going to cover it. You're going to clean it. You're going to vacuum it. You're going to wax it. You're going to buffer it. You're not going to let anyone near it, right? Because it's valuable. You're not just going to come one day, take your keys out of your pocket, and put a line in the car, kick out its taillight. Why? Because it's precious. If that's what we're willing to do with a car that is here one minute and will burn the next, what are we willing to do for our wives? The Bible says is that he who can find a wife of a wife of noble character who can find she is more precious than rubies. Our wives are far more precious than anything in this world. Anything. They are more precious than football. They are more precious than hunting. They are more precious than our jobs. Husbands, is your wife precious to you? Do you look at her as more valuable than rubies? If you did, you would not be harsh with her. You would honor her. Now, we all make mistakes and we're all sinners. So we need the blood of Christ. We need to be redeemed from our, from our sin. But let me just uh, read a couple scriptures and kind of wrap this up. Uh, I think that one of these commands, these commands are very clear. I, I'm trying to convince you that they're, they're the right way. Uh, marriage is, 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 is beautiful. Uh, but marriage is a lot more than about a husband and a wife. It's so much more than that. In God's sovereign wisdom, he has chosen marriage to be a picture of the gospel, of how God has chosen to redeem the world from its sin and death in Christ. When wives submit to their husbands and when husbands love their wives, the gospel is rightly displayed to the world. Listen to these scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5, 22 and 33 then Titus chapter 2. And I'll make some closing comments and then we'll be done. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which is his the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ 
loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This is profound, profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And a verse we we read earlier from Titus, younger women, uh, older women should train the younger women to love their husbands, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home and kind, to be subject to their own husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. So, God gives pictures. God gives illustrations all over our world to show you about him. He he shows it in nature, um, but he also shows it through people, through people living together in marriage. When a husband, when I love my wife well, what I am telling the world is that Jesus Christ loves like this. Jesus Christ is willing to lay down his life for you. So when people know me and they see how I care for my wife, I am screaming, Jesus is real. And wives, when you submit to your husbands, that is so countercultural in our day, you are screaming, this is how you receive God. This is how you receive Jesus. You accept his word. You are screaming to the world that you can have forgiveness in Christ. Marriage is so much more about a husband loving his wife and a wife submitting to her husband. It is about the gospel. It is how God came to rescue us from darkness and to bring us into the kingdom of light and the kingdom of a son whom he loves. Marriage is vital for our culture because it displays how God has chosen to redeem the world. So listen. When I love my wife, when I'm tempted not to, this truth has been ingrained in me. Dave, you love as Jesus loved his bride. He gave his life for her, so you must give your life for Ellen. Give your life, lay it down. Why? Because I want people to be saved from hell. I love my wife because I want people to be saved. German theologian. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was imprisoned uh, in Germany after World War II for attempting to execute Adolf Hitler. Um, He was eventually executed, uh, but two years before he died, he wrote a sermon entitled A Wedding Sermon from a Prison Cell. He says this, Marriage is more than love for each other. In your love, you you see only the heaven of your own happiness. But in marriage... You are placed at a post of responsibility to the world and mankind. Your love is your own private possession. But marriage is more than something personal. It is a status, an office. Just as it is the crown, not merely the will to rule, that makes the king. 
So marriage, not merely your love for each other that joins you together in the sight of God and man. Marriage is much more than your love for each other and your happiness in your own marriage. Marriage is a picture. It's a picture of what God has done in sending his son to redeem a lost and rebellion people. Marriage is a picture of how God's gracious love, God graciously loves sinners and how sinners respond to that amazing love with submission. See, we want Jesus to be supreme in our marriages in this church because we want the world, we want Jesus to be supreme in the world. That's why marriage is important. Marriage is, is far more important than who is being married. Marriage is about God and his gospel. Beloved, marriage is a wonderful gift from God. It is truly a wonderful gift. And this church is full of wonderful examples of godly marriages. Men who sacrificially love their wives. And this is, church is full of many strong, godly women who have graciously, voluntarily yielded love to their husbands in submission. I pray that we look to those examples. I pray that we see Christ in the church. Marriage is not only about us, it's about His gospel. Let us display that glory. Let us display the glory of God as Jesus reigns supreme in our marriages. As wives submit to their husbands, as husbands love their wives. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Um, Lord, I pray for the hearts here today. God, I pray that uh, people will take your word seriously, that they will study it. God, if something was um, hit them hard, I pray that you will allow them to um, study your word and that you will graciously speak to them. Father, God, I pray that you will help wives submit to their husbands. And God, I pray that you help husbands love their wives as Christ has loved the church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.